This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Goal! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! It's to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! still i can't shake it off i do apologize to the listeners if if my voice is a little bit more distracting than normal uh, <laughs> I, I vow to shrug it off eventually well stiff up a lip rich pressing on true british style well done yeah absolutely have to don't you uh, before we talk about uh, the stevenage game a hearty congratulations to swindon town under 17s for their dramatic fa Floodlit Cup semi-final victory over Luton Town. Flynn Hamilton and Abu Kanu put Swindon into a 2-0 lead before Luton came back in the last 10 minutes to score twice. But Josh Keyes got the winner in the second minute of injury time. Dan, lovely stuff. Yeah, well, Luton may be getting promoted to the Premier League for the playoffs. Who knows? But this is the real, the real prize. So, uh, no, uh, really, really encouraging to see this current batch who are first year scholars um, and if people aren't familiar your sort of YTS youth team scholarship generally takes up two years between 16 and 18 so these guys will become the sort of older batch next season so you know they seem to be going great guns in their merit league um, they've now reached the final of the the floodlit cup I see they've got a final to come against Lincoln uh, I saw a tweet this morning saying it could be home it could be away so part of me really hopes you know, if if they can get a, a night under the lights at the county ground or or somewhere local, it'd be it'd be fantastic to get along and, and support them because they seem like they're doing doing good things. And um, this is just the start of our FA Youth Cup tilt next season. Yeah, more pyro needs to be purchased <laughs> ahead of the uh, Pete Lusty Derby, uh, the Wiltshire Premier Shield against Westbury, and yeah. then the Under Seventeens FA Floodlit Final. My goodness, I'm going to have to get one of those hoods with the goggles. <laughs> but no, it's just great. It's nice to see them getting a bit of profile too. And um, in terms of benchmarking, I think Luton Town, um, you know, they're not like a, a top tier academy, but for the sort of company that Swindon Town keep, Luton Town are a good good benchmark, normally strong. Um, I'm sure they're managed by Alan McCormack too, which... A nice Swindon connection. So, yeah, they actually played them in the league on Saturday as well, which was a, a 1-1 draw. Um, so, familiar opponents. So, yeah, I mean, let's hope 
um, couple of bits of silverware to come our way yet. Hopefully, the Wiltshire Premier Trophy and um, sorry, Wiltshire Premier Shield um, Trophy to give it its full title. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, if we could win the under 17 Floodlit Cup, that would be a very big pat on the back for the things that are happening in the academy, which you know is something I've been banging on about for years, wanting to see taken seriously and given some profile. So, yeah, Abby Carney scores lots of goals. I think Josh Keyes and Flynn Hamilton have been chipping in from midfield, attacking midfield as well. So, great to see. I'm chuffed for that. Yeah, well done for not mentioning there's a hunt in, in their squad as well. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm related to most hunts in Swindon, so um, I'm sure he's uh, he's family. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming them all. And the wonderfully named Fletcher Hubbard. Yeah, lives in a cupboard. <laughs> oh, man, you're the worst. You're the absolute worst. And the fact that I laughed makes me second worst um, in this equation. Right, um, another bit of uh, business... I've said it several times over the last few weeks that I'm at peace uh, with the way that the season is is finishing with, with nothing to play for. We'll go all in in the end of season review, but I'm at peace, as I said. But I missed my train last night and I got home at midnight for that and I'm still a little bit on edge. Rich, once again, from the entire fan base, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you. Um, sorry about your missed train. How how many minutes did you miss it by? Yeah, if I, if <laughs> um, minutes oh, as in singular, no. oh, so no. it was tough. If 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 I if I if I would have done the gentle jog, maybe I think I would have missed it agonizingly um, by less of a margin. It, it was it was due to Steve Evans's. Stevenage and their time wasting <laughs> had had it had the time wasting being factored in for the real amount it probably would have been over 10 minutes injury time and then i would have missed my train outright it wouldn't have been an issue but it was just that little bit of ag- made it just that little bit more agonizing for me shame on steve evans <laughs> well not for the first time shame on steve evans <laughs> oh what a guy what a guy plays good football doesn't he Great to watch. <laughs> oh, I predicted 3-3 three, three for that game, forgetting that Steve Evans isn't one for those sort of uh, <laughs> festivals of football. But as we'll discuss, if if penalties might have been given and Stevenage decided to remember how to shoot at goal or head towards goal, it might have been 3-3. Three, three, but alas, it was not to be. Yeah, it's... Um, I just... Look, I mean... Everything I'm about to say horrible about Stevenage in this podcast, they're going to take as a compliment. They're going to wear it as a badge of pride that they can be that nasty and horrible and physical. Because actually, end of the day, they're sat there in the top three. And it's a reminder. It's another method of getting out of this league. Um, And it is legitimate. It's within the rules, even if uh, the referee could have uh, bucked his ideas up a bit. But... um, yeah, be a good team to get rid of, put it that way. Mm, yeah, okay. Well, Swindon Town's lineup did have a few more changes, uh, or a change or two, from the win against Wimbledon. It wasn't in goal, obviously. Solbrin in goal. Uh, back for remained Hutton, Brewitt, Clayton, Lavinier. Jake Kane just ahead in the defensive midfield role. Just ahead was captain Saidu Khan and the returning George McEachran. Uh, Tyree Shade came in to be on the wing with uh, with Hepburn Murphy on the side. I guess Jake Wakelin had one too many fizzy pops on Sunday night at the <laughs> EFL Awards. And uh, Luke Jeffcott was up top on his own. And we saw the Luke Jeffcott that has struggled for most of the season. We, the, the great resurgence, the resurrection of Jeffcott didn't happen this for this game, did it? Well... Yeah, again, I'm going to give him a bit of a pass for last night. Um, it's the same old story, It's the though. same old story. Like I say, it's a tough shift up against two centre-halves. I actually think he competed pretty well. He used his body quite well in the air. Even if he wasn't winning the headers, he was always in the vicinity, making it a slightly more awkward header, which when you're up against Piergiani, Sweeney, and who's the other bugger back there? Um, oh, Boswick, yeah, he's, he's done that round, hasn't he? But yeah, I mean... Combined height of about 21 foot, combined age of uh, sort of 90. And yeah, just that's about as nasty a physical 
back three as you're going to get. But as you saw over the night, on the occasions where Swindon were able to play and actually make their defence run, there was joy to be had. Mm, it, it, yeah. But that came more from Hepburn Murphy, from McEachern, who was playing off Jeff Cart. Um, that's sort of the other side, Shade and Wakelin, as a combined 90 minutes. You know, that's probably our, our weakest area of the pitch last night, regrettably. Another chance for Shade from the start. Another chance not grabbed. Um, but no, there was there was definitely enough enough for Swindon on the occasions where they they got it down and played Stevenage on the floor. You saw Stevenage for what they were, which was cumbersome, slow. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, so much of the game was played while the ball was not in play yesterday. Which you know, when you let a team like that go one nil up. In terms of professionalism, gamesmanship, just running the game in the referees' ear. I mean, again, they'll take all of those things I've just said as a massive pat on the back, um, and they're not going to care because they're going to probably get promoted and, and then get relegated next season. <laughs> when they walked out before the game, I was marvelling at their Fiorentina colours, <laughs> you know, and then and then when I saw Pierre Gianni as number five, I thought Fiorentina or is it really pure dream team? Um, an Englishman called Carl Piergiani is is pure sky one early 2000s. Yeah, well, I can't help but think Big Monday Pandili would have been quite good up front for uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hitch last night. He might not have lashed every single shot over the bar by 50 yards, which uh, we must say did let Swindon off the hook. On numerous occasions last night, some wild shooting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They were really going for it. They were going for power over precision, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They just held their finger on the shoot button too long for anyone who um, has played FIFA or PES like me so terribly at university. Can I shock you? Never played either. Well, good for you. I, I'm more of a champ manager, man. Give me the stats. I can imagine you're in that boat as well, Rich. Yeah, I was until I retired from football manager in 2007 because it was either a career, a wife, a family or football manager. And they really do not go hand in hand. Oh, you know. Rich chose love. Well, yeah, oh, I, I, chose, you, I chose love and money over signing someone on a free transfer from Rosenberg. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So at what point do we talk about the penalties? Because Let's talk about it now. Okay, let's talk about it now. Because the club post-game, looking at the, the, the media comms and, and seeing their reaction at the end of the game, they've gone all in on that narrative that the, the lack of penalties being given is the reason or one of the, the, the main reason behind Swindon losing. And they're not all... In stone walls, I don't think. Um, and I and I think the listeners, most of them are saying, you know, Hepburn Murphy's in the second half. That that's probably the one. Um, but before that, we had a couple, and one of at least one of the McEachern ones was was on par with Lavinia against Wimbledon. And hey, we didn't complain about the referee giving that one, did we? So mm. it, it it was a tough one for Speedy because it did feel like we were trying to win a penalty. And, and I think one of the listeners um, observed that, you know, McEachern seemed hell-bent on winning a penalty instead of actually shooting for one of them, which he could have done. But mm. it's a game that's it, it's it's dominated the conversation. So talk me through your thoughts, your feelings, your musings. Yeah, so I think um, the first half offerings, um, so the first one, sort of McEachern on the right edge of the box, Goes past man giant, man giant kind of leans on him a little bit. You could call it a push. At a, I was going to say you could call it a push at a shove, no, but no pun intended. Um, yeah, I, I think that would have been soft any day of the week. You know, if that could be given against us, I would have been pretty mad. Um, so that was fair enough. I think pen two was um, Hepburn Murphy going into the box, wouldn't it? On the Left-hand side of the box. Again, I think maybe Hepburn Murphy's reputation precedes him a little bit there, whether that's fair or not. Um, but he has he has picked up a couple of bookings for diving, rightly or wrongly. Um, again, I think would have been soft. Um, but pen three and pen four, so the second half offerings in front of the town end, is where I think the referee has 
cocked it up. That's, there's no other way of saying it, really. I think if you look at the so pen-free shout, um, curious passage of play where Remy Hutton crosses a ball up into the night sky. A lot of spin on it because um, the keeper, Timofey Lutala, is that or something like that? Um, great name. Got in a complete mess under that. He's got away. He's got away with it massively, because um, as Hepburn Murphy, you know, gets his body between man and ball, um, and is surely about to stroke it home, um, he falls falls backwards. Which, from what I saw live and what I've seen on the replay, um, you know, he he falls backwards because he's pulled backwards. Um, so not only would it have been a penalty, um, it would have been denying a goal-scoring opportunity. It, it was a defender that wasn't trying to play the ball because the ball was flipping miles away. So penalty, red card, that would have been 1-1 after, what, 65, 60 minutes, something like that. Um, and that would have definitely massively changed the dynamic of the match. Um, I think penalty four... Um, just with the cumulative effect of not having given one, two, and three, I'm absolutely staggered it wasn't given. I think it, uh, I think it was a penalty. I think uh, Minton was impeded as he's going up to win the ball. Um, mid-air as well. So it's actually quite a dangerous thing to do. Um, and yeah, it's probably, probably a bit less of a claim than Hepburn Murphy's, but it's still a penalty. And... You know, I'm not saying our 8,000 fans are absolutely vociferous. You know, it's not like playing away to Galatasaray. But given it was at that end of the ground and we'd had the three shouts previously turned away, I'm I'm staggered we didn't get one of the third and fourth penalty shouts. It's, um, you know, and there's no guarantee if you, you score that, you go on to win the game or you hold on for 1-1. But it must be frustrating because I think Morris and Brand, probably like me, and what they've seen last night, there was lots of spirit, lots of effort, lots of endeavour. Um, you know, that doesn't always equal points. But I think you could make a case that 1-1 would have been fair on the balance of the match. I, I, I do think some of the chances we conceded um, through our own overplaying. There's one instance in the first half where Khan turned into trouble, as he quite often does, unfortunately. Um, and Minton, um, he was very assured for the 60, 70 minutes he was on the pitch. There was one occasion where he overplayed and that led to one of the lashings over the bar, which you know, I'm, I'm glad for Minton that didn't lead to a goal because you're not in the interest of seeing anyone sort of castigated so early in their in their career. So hopefully a chance to to learn there about when to play and when not. But, uh, you know, I, I think Stephen is a point to those chances and say they kind of edged the game. But I mean, particularly the Hepburn-Murphy penalty shout where it would have been matched with a, a red card, the referee has bottled that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're just about right, and I always feel obliged to just wheel out the sound bites of Terry whenever this sort of stuff happens. It's it's not an isolated issue. It's not a Swindon Town issue. It's a general state of officiating because of the way the industry decides they want this level not to be full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and 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 that and that's the end of it you know as long as we're in the fourth tier we're going to get we're not going to get the elite referees and it's not an excuse but it's a hard gig man oh definitely a hard gig but do do yourself a favor and give give the penalty <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, we were talking about defenders there that um you know had had moments and mm. Harrison Minton came on very early on Brewitt actually pulled up very early into the game and probably should have went off there and then, but yeah. stuck around probably at detriment to, to the game itself. But it's one of these things that back in the day, I was just like, I'll be thumping the badge and going, that's what we need. But if you're injured, get off. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. he did he did struggle throughout. It's a curious one because he has played with heavy strapping on that knee for pretty much the whole time he's been uh, in the Swindon shirt. So, you know, it looks like a bit of a wear and tear one from his uh, varied career so far. Um, the cynic in me and around me was saying, oh, he's got his 10 games under his belt. He's got the contract. <laughs> Could you imagine? 
Could you imagine? Just like, I've got my year now, suckers. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, for all of my for all of my criticisms, the guy works hard. He yeah, tries yeah. his best. Um, he's just, you know, I just think he is a mid-table League Two player yeah. at absolute best. No, I was just to say, um, I was having this chat with someone on on Twitter in the week, um, talking about sort of green shoots for next year and a bit of a frame of young players to build around. Someone counted what I put and said, "Well, are you not going to put Brewitt in that in that list?" And I, I think my feelings on Brewitt, you know, it's it's become a bit of a bit in the um, the Alice Pod WhatsApp group that I defend I, I, <laughs> that I defend Brewitt, and that's purely only because you know I do see someone give it their all, try the best. He is a limited footballer, um, and you see that. It, take the Bradford game for example. I think he was quite exposed in the first half, but actually along with Clayton and the rest of the fence got their act together Lewis and played very well in the second half against a real tricky <laughs> opponent in, in Andy Cook. So I just think if Swindon have got any ambitions next year, like I want them to, I think if Brewitt's your fourth or fifth centre half in the squad, then that's fine by me. Yeah. One year deal, someone with a bit of a varied past, you know, Looks like he's got a bit of a, an injury niggle on, on one of those knees. So, you know, I think a one-year contract to be a squad player next year, if we've got three or four better centre-halves than Brewitt, then that would be a good sign. My worry is that um, what we see from Swindon outwardly in terms of recruitment, budget chat, I think if we're trying to get away with Brewitt as a starting centre-half for the season, I, I think that's fairly ominous for our chances. But he's honest as the day is long, and you know you can't fault that. Mm, no, not at all. Um, can fault a few players in the goal itself, um, and I think Tom Brewitt could be one of those. It's it's not pretty viewing. Romeo Hutton is turned inside out, and I think Brewitt is ball watching a little bit to give Reed just the easiest task to, to score, and, and that's all they needed, really. Yes. What was most disappointing about that was. You know, the nature of the opponent and the nature of most of their attacks, throws, set pieces, which we defended quite manfully for most of the night. Um, the nature of the goal, which is just so simple, really. <laughs> sort of, I don't know, Remy O'Hutton just had a, a vacant two or three seconds there, but it was so easy to just dance around him and, and cross the ball in from the byline. Yeah. I've kind of said inside out, but it's a bit like that Mares goal at Wembley over the weekend where you think, oh, he's danced his way through. But the reality is he's just ran very quickly past yeah. <laughs> some players. But but it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't pretty watching it from the Don Rogers, I must say. But And like you say, Brewitt, I think, you know, if you're being hypercritical, Brewitt was a bit static in the box, but you know But he's injured, I think. Yeah, at which, that point as well. yeah, that probably doesn't help the situation. But uh, no, a, a, a disappointingly soft goal to concede against such high-flying opponents when we have dealt with the majority of their threats pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it, it's we we are at this sort of weird purgatory of you know the pre-pre-season element, and it it does feel like the atmosphere the county crown has improved. You know there was a lot of fire yeah. in the bellies of Swindon fans. Chap in the row ahead, he's not normally there, so I guess he's not a season ticket holder. Never seen someone so up for <laughs> for a game, mm. and you know abusing the referee throughout, just really critical of everything. And I was like. You just wanted to just like go. It's going to be okay. It's all right. The season's <laughs> over. It's like, and plus they can't hear you. Um, so there was, you know, it wasn't dead as a dodo in terms. I mean, it was never eight thousand two hundred and eighty nine again. I, I'll say that much. It was definitely a better attendance than Bradford. A little bit more than Bradford. Yeah, definitely a little bit more than than Bradford, but still not huge. I hate sort of talking about like losing to Stevenage at home and going. There was progress, and in terms of that awful run. There was, but it's it's we're talking marginal improvement. Um, before I forget, though, Dan, something that tickled me, and I wouldn't stop mentioning it on the on the WhatsApp group, even though nobody cared, <laughs> was when we conceded. Captain Saidu Khan tore off his woolly gloves and threw them to the ground as someone else picked them up to just throw them off, and and I knew at that moment 
Saidu Khan meant business. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to me. Right. It's just like, right, that's it now. Gloves are off, literally. There we go. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, irony being, he, he does blow hot and cold, Khan, doesn't he? Yes. Gloves on, gloves mm. off, who knows? But, but yeah, he, he's a frustrating player, isn't he? Because when it, he just has, I don't know, it, it's like he needs wing mirrors because he's so good at turning the wrong way into trouble. Um, but what he does give you, and it, quite often later in the game, he does give you legs, does give you energy. He does dart forward and carry the ball up the pitch really well. So, like the best of him and the worst of him are both. <laughs> tantalising and frustrating in, in equal measure. We we need some sort of middle calm where we get middle calm for the whole match. Because, um, yeah, there you go. It, it's kind of a, an epitome of the side, really. Blowing hot and cold at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And much like the game, full stop, wasn't it? And the second half, Stevenage did what, what a Steve Evans side does. And, you know, you're not going to like it. You wouldn't want to pay for it week in, week out, really. Or you would prefer a different brand of football, but it's effective and they will be looking down on us from their lofty position going, that's football, baby. And and they're quite right. But I cannot believe the missed header did not make <laughs> the, the, the highlights reel. That was something else. Yeah, Danny Rose. Um, something my old man would have taken great pleasure in saying. Um, 50p head. Um <laughs> yeah, but another chance where Swindon sort of got away of it a little bit. Um, because yeah, he's managed to head it out for a throw in back towards the Stevenage fans in the Arkles stand. So that was a, a nice chuckle late in the day as, as Swindon was sort of committing more people forward. Um, that'd been a you know, little sucker punch just for 2 0, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, in terms of in terms of what Swindon did in the second half, that like, probably the best chance. In terms of you know how open things have got, other than the penalty shouts, obviously, it was right at the start of the half. Hepburn Murphy, one on one with um, Mammoth defender, um, and he chose to take the shot quite early and turned into a comfortable save for the, the Stevenage keeper. Which I think my only frustration now is Hepburn Murphy could have gone on another three or four yards. Like the defender was static, Murphy was on the run. If he goes on another couple of yards, the keeper probably has to come out to meet him and it's a much easier slot home. But I, I really don't want to be critical of Hepburn Murphy because you, know, you see the bursts and the spark he gave the side last night. Um, the McEachern chance uh, before half time where uh, Hepburn Murphy was played away down the left wing and, and Hepburn Murphy did absolutely everything right, put it for a plate, on a plate for McEachern on rushing. And yeah, I, I said it at the time last night. I think McEachern tries to hit it beautifully rather than just clinically. Um, and yeah, frustratingly, it was a fairly comfortable save for Stephen this keeper again. But those were the couple of big, big town chances where if we're a bit more clinical, um, you know, we'd be sat here, you know, probably looking at a, a point. Um, and that's irregardless of the of the penalty shouts. But Stevenage, second half, like you say, did what you'd expect them to do. They run the game without the ball actually being in play. Just eating time off the clock. Every time the ball goes out for a throw-in, as long as it's in the Swindon half, up jogs the long thrower. Long thrower drives the ball, takes his time, waits for his teammates to jog up the pitch to set it up. And this is a real, real bugbear of mine. I'm sure you've heard this a couple of times, Rich, from me offline. But why are you allowed 40 seconds to do a throw-in when you're doing a long throw? But if you took 25 seconds for a 10-yard throw to a left-back, you'd be booked. No questions asked. I find that so frustrating. And actually, if you're in the lead next season and you've got Romeo Hutton on the pitch and you win a throw in the opposition half, do that. Do 10 of them, that's, what, five minutes just eating out of the game just like that? Oh, it's not a Stevenage issue. It's just that is one that really gets me about football. When it's, you've got people paying to watch football as a form of entertainment and you've only got a 90-minute match. 
and so much of the game can just be gobbled by rubbish like that. You're not even watching sport. You're just watching someone waiting to throw the ball. It really does my head in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before before we go to this is contributions, Tyree Shade. Yeah. Um, oh, it wasn't it wasn't a great performance, was it? Well, can we chuck young Jake Kane into the mix as well? And they are both young men, Kane and Shade. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know the code to crack Shade because quite often off the bench, he is impactful. Um, he does give you that kind of cameo performance, which thinks, oh, Shady's worth a start. That's a couple of occasions now where Shade has, has got the nod. Uh, I can think Warsaw away as well on the Tuesday night. I've just been so underwhelming. I just, I look at him and think, if you were breeding footballers, he's a thoroughbred. He's six foot two, six foot three. He's got good build, pace. But you see exactly why he's in League Two. And that is just sadly for us, sadly for him, that kind of lack of footballing brain, that stuff you can't teach, the stuff that's inherent. Um it just it's just frustrating because every time you see a video of him for the training ground. He's curling in free kicks from 35 yards. Little postage stamp, top corner. I think clearly there is some quality there. But I think in a match situation, it so infrequently comes out. Um, the big challenge for Morris and Brand over the summer and into next season is how can you eke a 60-minute performance out of Tyree's shade rather than a 20-minute a performance over 90 minutes, which... You know, up against standard of opposition like last night, you can't really afford to carry players like that. And talking of players that you're carrying, it just it was a stinker for Jake Kane last night. I'm I'm sorry to say, a couple of occasions where he did have the ball in space under no pressure, and you know, for someone who by all by all accounts has a lovely left foot and has been classically trained at a top academy, um, you know. Doing inexplicable things like overhitting crosses by 40 yards and playing the ball straight out of play instead of to a teammate. And I don't know. Maybe that's another one there who needs a summer off, freshen up, come in. And again, the challenge for the management team is to coach. We've got to eke out as much as we can out of this squad because there are a lot of players under contract. A lot of players who we would look at, Rich, I think it's fair to say. We would like to be squad players next year if we've got ambitions. But my fear is Shade, Kane, Darcy, Brewitt. Uh, you know, how many of those guys are going to be starters is my worry. It's a, it's a very it's a very big summer ahead. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole with my sort of post-Hartlepool rant again. That's all there on record if people want to listen to it. I think those points still stand. Nothing material has changed since then, but... Boy, oh boy, have we got a good end of season review to do. And boy, oh boy, have Swindon got some recruitment and coaching to do through the summer. Oh, but I'm excited. So um, there we go. I, 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 you know, my interpretation of excited may differ from others. But Swindon remain in at least a top 10 position. We're still on the Beamish line. Just one point will eliminate that grim stat. We've got Crew and Crawley, so surely, surely we can get at least one point from that. We can only climb as high as ninth. We're four points away from Barrow, but need them to drop some points. So ninth or tenth. Hey, Rich, when people talk about business end of the season, isn't this exciting? Saturday doing all the permutations. Yeah, is, and I oh. love April. And this, this is usually the bit where, you know, you need a two-game switcheroo, but, you know... It, it's even two of like the dullest fixtures to to see us out. It's still two fixtures to have a look at this team. Still two fixtures for Morris to do some learning. I think what we've seen of Minton last night was really encouraging. He didn't look out of place physically against tough opponents. You know, caveat, there was one bit of overplaying, but I think he looks more comfortable on the ball than... Brew it if you're doing benchmarking. I think his use of the ball is a bit more intelligent, a bit more purposeful. So, yeah, I mean, can we now give Minton these couple of games? 
Um, and then, yeah, let's let's give them some experience. Let's do some finding out. But yeah, there's a there's a few green shoots, you know. I think Lavinier's come in at Wimbledon and last night and looked properly fully fit. You know, one feature of his his play normally is that sort of get to seventy minutes and beyond, and he's down doing the the cramp stretches, isn't he? But I'd, <laughs> I'd say I dare say he looks a bit fitter. Um, the end of season probably coming at a bit of a wrong time for him, unfortunately. Uh, I think Clayton's come back into the side and. Well, you would now say is properly back back to form. What we saw pre-Christmas, McEachern in this slightly more attacking role. It's a good glimpse into what you might see a bit more of next season. Soften the blow of losing Johnny Williams, I suspect. Um, Hepburn Murphy's been great. So yeah, the the the, the, the old green shoot. I think the Austin Jeffcott debate is one to be had, maybe on a different pod. I still think if Morris's preferred formation is this. Four two three one, where the middle striker is quite isolated. I think neither man is the right man for this formation. Regrettably, they would both need some help. But uh, yeah, we need a Kevin Horlock in midfield if we're if we're going to keep some someone can, who can score from midfield yeah. will probably be most wanted. But yes, th- th- let's listen to Lister's contributions and, and come back with final musings and man of the match. Monker tackled Cantona. Cantona reacted strongly as a player must and won it back. But it was the afters. That's what all the fuss is about. Now, here goes Brian Hill. Over to the linesman on the far side. He's going to have a word with Jerry Lee. There's a card coming out. It's red. Okay, listeners, contributions then. Big thanks to everyone who sent stuff in, as always, starting with Paul Temple, who says, Same old. Stevenage and Cobblers have bludgeoned their way out of League Two. Good effort for out, apart from the odd poor decision and one poor defensive lapse resulting in a decisive goal. Thought we got behind them a few times through that high press and hoof. Man of the match, Hepburn Murphy. Referee, Neil Poir. Paul D says, that's the difference between building a side capable of promotion from this league and saying you have. (laughs) Ben says, Stevenage just about deserved that. Game management and experience won the game. We could have at least one of those penalties, mind. McEachran? Man of the match. Alex Hayes says Hepburn, Murphy and McEachran, the best players in red, will give man of the match to McEachran. Seven penalty shouts. Five had no chance, but the other two could have been given. Feel like we'd have got battered by Stevenage a month ago. So even in defeat, there are signs of progress. Gary Johnson says Swindon huffed and puffed, but never looked dangerous going forward. Stevenage were robust, took their chance and saw the game out without looking great. Man of the match, McEachran. Paul Merriman says, when is a penalty not a penalty? Five decisions later, we're still none the wiser. Oh, well, anti-football wins again. The same type that got Vale promoted. Thought we pressed well in the second half, deserved a goal. Good comms by Parkin and Hawes. As usual, STFC underscore 1969 says two opposites collide. Stevenage controlled the game, and by that, I mean everything from the time-wasting, timing of the subs when not ready, the head injuries, talking to the ref, distracting him. Our performance wasn't bad, but no real threat from us. McEachran did well, but man of the match, Hepburn Murphy. Andy says, a lot of huff and puff. No real chances created. The ref could have helped with a few penalty decisions and perhaps stopped that gamesmanship from Stevenage. Shade and Darcy offered nout, and I know it's blasphemy, but I'm not sure we look better with Austin on. Hepburn Murphy, man of the match. Wardy S says, odd game, played all right in patches. Stevenage missed a couple of chances, then the last 20 minutes turned into a masterclass. Of any of Evans's team's time-wasting, faking head injuries and anything that stopped the flow of the game. Hepburn Murphy, man of the match, didn't stop running and looked a threat. Owen Fitton says, frustrating game, showed some good stuff. McEachran and Hepburn Murphy were good. Ref was horrific. 
Mitchell Singh says, I actually thought Minton was man of the match. Mine is one mistake. He was fantastic. Kane isn't anywhere near good enough to be in this side. Doesn't bring anything to the team except loose passes and loss of possession. I think we play better without Charlie Austin in the team, but that isn't his fault. When he plays, the team seemed to try and hit Charlie as opposed to be a bit more free-flowing and hitting the wings. Like any good player, he always demands the ball. It's the players who need to make the right decisions on the ball instead of just trying to hit it to Charlie. Nick says, I didn't even realise Shade was playing. Don't remember one thing he did. Very poor town team. One of the worst assembled. Referee dreadful, but what's new in this awful division? However teams recruit much better on half the budget, I will never know. More hunger, press faster. Lee37935666 says, Don't let the noise around the referee and a couple of outlying results whilst the pressure has been off divert from the deep-rooted issues at Swindon Town Football Club. Recruitment, infrastructure, marketing, engagement, squad, miles off it. Beaten by another average side with a solid defence. Stephen Watt says, Stevenage examples of what it takes to get out of the division. Minus a crap ref, won't lie. If Swindon played like that, I probably would have given up on season ticket years ago. PJ says, the referee didn't help things, but real lack of quality. Recruitment has let us down. Big changes needed this summer. Only two more games to go. So that's a bonus. McEachran, man of the match for me. Chris Van Roon says, I would give Man of the Match to Rashan Hepburn-Murphy, I think. We just didn't get the breaks tonight. Claire Follett says, George McEachran, Man of the Match for me. Look back to the zippy, nippy and gritty player we first saw. As for the game itself, <sighs> that is all. Base Master Rich says, it's almost as if good game management, physicality and experience wins you games at this level. Who'd have thought it? Steve N says, every time a team has put a high press on us this season, not allowing us to play from the back, we get nothing out of the game. We don't have a plan B. When it happens, the whole team gets flustered by it. That is all. <clears throat> Andy Gibson says, can't knock the effort, but we can all see it's a very poor squad. Man of match Hepburn Murphy as he looked the most likely. Fair play to Stevenage. They look limited, but are finding their way to get out of this division. Dan says a lot will blame the officials, but that will mask a very poor performance. Game changed after the subs, but Stevenage killed the momentum pretty well. Poor game. Don't blame the ref. Akers59 says, got back into the game after an awful start and should have got something out of it. McEachran, man of the match. John Stevens says, men against boys tonight. We were lucky it was only one. We have lots of squad players, but desperately need a spine to the team with a mix of steel and experience. Can't come up with anyone worth man of the match. Thought Minton didn't look out of place, though. Jeremy Randall says, I thought we deserved a point overall, and with a competent referee, would have had a penalty for the foul on Hepburn Murphy in the second half. Stevenage are a physical team who play limited football, who fit forward and win second balls. This inevitably created a few clear-cut chances, notably the free header, which went for a throw-in. Some good performances again, and promising signs for next year. Man of the match, Minton. Rory says, brilliant game management from Stevenage, and it got them the three points. Jimmy Legs provides a simple sigh. <sighs> Christopher says, if that's the standard of promotion. <laughs> SM4750 says, this is a game which showed we lacked experience. Reason Stevenage won, helped by a poor referee, I hasten to add. We had the chances to score, though McEachran had three chances to shoot, but went looking for the penalty each time. Rashan Hepburn-Murphy deserved his man of the match. Hank provides that gif of Jose Mourinho saying... I prefer really not to, um, not to speak. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. Tom Elliott says Stevenage missed some easy chances. Town offered a threat going forward and should have had a couple of penalties. Benefit of experience and physicality, obvious for all to see. And a match, Hepburn Murphy. PCM says, physically, we lacked the minerals to make any real impact for the majority of the game. Midfield in particular was wasteful and lacked composure with the ball. Perhaps we should have had one penalty, but them's the breaks. Player of the match, Hutton. Shout out to Minton too. Mark Kirkman says, first half was men against boys and they should have been two up. Second half, we up tempo, competed better and deserved a penalty for the foul on Hepburn Murphy, who was a threat all game and man of the match. Hutton and McEachran also decent, shade woeful 
and Charlie off the pace again, impressed by Minturn's confidence. Dave simply says it was like a youth team playing against a men's team, whereas Batch says it was stronger, niggly, well-organised, and not all about possession or box entries. They won ugly, exactly what they had to do. We did okay. Definitely a couple of strong penalty shouts, but ultimately struggled physically. Shock. Man of the match, Lavinia. Craig says, we played okay, better generally than we were a month ago. Stephen had showed that you can use a tight budget to build an experienced squad that's well organised and schooled in the dark arts to get out of this shitty division. Hepburn Murphy, man of the match. Boo says, never penalties in a million years. Kane is as bad as Curran. Hepburn, chicken with no head. Send Jeff Cott back ASAP. Great game plan by the slug. And finally, Bernie Man, he says, not enough guile or experience to have a chance of outsmarting the Steve Evans book of shithousery. A team of kids against a group of seasoned League Two pros with something to play for was unlikely to end well. No doubt penalties will be mentioned, but none were for me. Lavinia, man of the match. Thank you, everybody. Right, so very much a referees not giving us penalties and that's an outrage versus don't let the penalty thing fool you. <laughs> we were an outrage uh, on there. But I'm, I'm still really happy with how level-headed the listenership, because it's not the whole fan base, are in, in terms of where we are. It, it, there is that shrug of the shoulder mentality. Yeah, sure, there's, there's people who are very angry and, and quite right. And I think we all are. But this is the situation we're in. And we look to the summer to see what they will do to fix it. But I I kind of lean towards them in the sense that historically, I've never walked out of a game going, well, if only we had that penalty, we would have X, Y, Z, because it's, it's, it's just a fool's errand really for me, even though there were so many, just because there were so many don't mean they were all penalties. And I think there are fans that do feel that each and every one, or at least 75% of them were, but there we go. Um, It's one of those things. It shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, um, Rich, can we can we do a bit of um, a twist? Twist away, my we've, friend. We've just heard from our lovely listeners, and we do appreciate them greatly. And you've commended them there on their level-headedness. But I just wanted to say hello to one listener who came up and accosted me in the street yesterday before the match, and that is lovely Carol Bowers. Hello, Carol. Um, hello, Carol. And I had a good five ten minute chat with Carol. We chewed the fat and. Yeah, I, I gather she's on Twitter, but she doesn't tweet. But she just wanted to pass on through me how much she enjoyed the contributions of everyone on the pod. Um, and as we, as we are reaching the end of the season, I just thought, good chance to give you a pat on the back, Rich. She loves your work. I think she sits at your end of the Don Rogers as well. So I've told her to keep an eye out for you. Um, but no, it's it just really lovely to talk to Carol. Um, she's a big fan of the pod. Loves the rest of the guys' work, so... Yeah, that was lovely. Very nice. I, I never know how to respond to such comments, but ah, nice morale boost, yeah. especially um, after a season where we've perennially moaned and with good reason um, <laughs> throughout the campaign. Man of the match was a two-horse race. There were shout-outs to Lavinia, uh, Harrison Minton got a couple, but it was very much George McEachran versus... Rashan Hepburn Murphy. The listeners have given it to Rashan Hepburn Murphy. Quite the conclusion he's having on a personal mm. level. Not sure if I agreed. I think if I was to choose one of the two, I would go in Bakekrum. But what are you going for? Um, well, they were both influential in most of the things that Swinner did well last night. Um, but I think if you were to remove one player from the pitch, and how would that have the biggest effect on? I still think taking Hepburn Murphy out would leave us very unimaginative, quite limp up front. So, you know, as much as it's boring, because he's bagging a lot of these lately, I would lean towards Hepburn Murphy. I think his contributions on the night, um, the, the way his pace scared what was quite a static and slow defence, the chance he put on a plate for McEachran, Perhaps if McEachran lashes that in, I might lean towards McEachran. But yeah, I think Hepburn Murphy is having a magnificent run of form in a pretty mediocre side. And I really, really want him to carry this into next season and, and just hit the ground running in August. 
I, I think we could have a. Well, I don't know. Let's have a punt. Is he a, is he a fifteen goal a season wide forward if he stays fit for the whole year? If you're talking about needing to dish those goals out, then uh, yeah, he, he's an asset. I, I gather we have an option on him as well. So please, Swindon, do the sensible thing. Take up the said option. But no, McEachern was pretty good. I like him in that yeah. slightly higher up role. Yeah, Hepburn gets the double then. So that takes him up to that takes him up to nine for the season. Um only Hutton Williams, Gladwin and Blake Tracy have more. Too late to, to win it. Well what happens if Gladwin's man of the match when we play Crawley? No. He doesn't get the points. <laughs> he get, we, we we moan about what could have been. Yes, I don't okay. know what could have been. I'll maybe. join you for that moan. <laughs> right, I think that that is quite enough from this game. Crew next, presser to follow. Dan, the cricket season is here. Good luck against Ilstoke. Thank you. Please, can the sun come out? Because then I will actually play against Ilstoke. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.